Eleanor Roosevelt once said, learn from the mistakes of others. You can't live long enough to make them all yourself. Well, do you ever wish you could foresee financial missteps before they happen? On today's episode, we're going to explore some real-life stories of regret and arm you with the essential do's and don'ts to ensure that your money works for you and not against you. Welcome to another edition of Your Retirement Elevated with Scott Dugan, co-founder and managing partner of Elevated Retirement Group. Today's episode, Money Mistakes You'll Regret and How to Avoid Them. Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for your retirement elevated. Walter Storholt here with Scott Dugan today. Scott, it is great to be with you. What's going on with you, my friend? Another beautiful day in the Midwest. Nice. Glad to hear it. That's all you need to say when it's a beautiful day, right? There's nothing, not much more to complain about or add to it. <laughs> Got to cherish this time of the year and uh, prepare for what's next. Nice. That's what made it. We had a pretty mild summer. We're kind of cruising into fall, and it'll be winter before we know it. I, I had a thing that popped up this morning and says, oh, it's 12 weeks to Christmas. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, that really puts it in holy, perspective, doesn't it? Holy smokes. Yeah. So it's getting that time of the year. Yeah. Uh, for, for sure. And, that rings a little differently think, than three months out, right? It, it does. It does. It puts a little more. Yeah. We just started the fourth quarter today. Yeah. Hard, hard to believe that. Uh, that's a great way to view it. Yeah. Well, it's a great time of year and uh, excited to jump into another podcast with you. We are talking a little bit about regret, which doesn't sound like very much of a fun topic, but the fact that we're talking about how to avoid these mistakes that lead to the regret, well, that should be the interesting part here because that can save us a lot of headache. Uh, do you have a lot of people, before we dive into our specific examples and guidance on today's show, um, maybe you can just give us some perspective here, Scott. Do you have a lot of people that walk in and for their first appointment, their first visit with you and the team, do people usually bring some regrets with them into that first meeting when you start talking about their situation and where they've gotten to, to where they are today? Actually, they do, and as I say, one of one of the things we talk about because we always come back to that concept of we need to make sound financial decisions, and to make sound financial decisions, we need a process to go through to make sure that our decisions in our best interest. And so it is instructive to go through and say, and, it, and it's not to dwell and it's not to beat anyone up. It's, hey, if you look back there, because we talk about or anything that yeah, you, you wish you wouldn't have done or done or something you've done differently. And hey, we also want to talk about what did you feel were great decisions. Uh, so we're, and again, if, if someone made a not so great decision, I said, you know what? We, we can't do anything about it. We can't go back and erase it. All we can do is move forward from here and arm ourselves with good information to make better decisions going forward. But we want to make sure we're, we're traveling in the direction, you know, that's going to be the best for us. And so a lot of these things that we're going to talk about are things that I've encountered. We're very fortunate. Uh, a lot of our, the families that we were fortunate enough to help to and through retirement they haven't made a lot of big, big mistakes or things they couldn't overcome. So I think really this episode, if you're listening, yeah, you may want to tune in to make sure that, you know, are there anything out there I'm not, not aware of, or, you know, should be on the lookout for. I think this is a great podcast to forward to kids or grandkids, because if they can hear these things, like Eleanor Roosevelt said, 
let's, we're going to talk about, you know, a handful of things today that are pretty common that if someone could have just read about, listened to something, you know, like this and said, Oh, put that on the radar, put that in the back of mind. Is it something I don't want to do? So that's really this. We want to inform people, but I think more importantly, forward this on to someone that would either needs to hear it or it'd be good if they heard it. So they don't make the same mistake. Okay. Very good. That's uh, one of the missions of this podcast is to help you make your life easier, better. And uh, by avoiding some of these mistakes and living with fewer regrets, that's a big help, I think, for a lot of people. So let's dive into the list here, Scott. We've got at least five tips to throw out. Well, really, there are five regrets, and then you'll give us the tips to avoid these regrets. So I'm sure you've had somebody come into the office and talk about number one here. You know, I regret taking out some of those withdrawals from my IRA, especially when I did that a bit prematurely. You see people with that, uh, with that consternation. Absolutely. And it's, you know, taking money out of your IRA too early forces you to pay penalties, especially that pre 59 and a penalty and add on the taxation as well. So it's a penalty and taxation. And you could avoid those if you'd have waited, but perhaps more importantly, it prevents you from experiencing some of the growth that you could have had on that money that you withdrew. And the thing that habit that keeps people successful or get, you know, in especially in retirement is the idea that the money that we're putting away for retirement, let's say in an IRA or 401k, that's sacred money. That's money that's not to be thought of as an emergency fund. Now, I understand things happen, and sometimes things can't be avoided. Now, there's smart ways to get money out of those accounts if it's a true hardship and where you can alleviate some of those penalties or, you know, so you definitely want to explore your options. But I've had scenarios where my clients, not my clients, but their clients would say, oh, well, our our brother-in-law, they're 55, and they they took a big you know, chunk of their 401k out and bought an RV and didn't realize all the taxes they're going to have to pay. You know, so using that as a piggy bank for short-term things, you, you definitely want to avoid that if you can. Yeah, it's not a recipe for success in almost uh, all cases. So that's uh, a good one to highlight as a regret you want to avoid. No matter your age, that's a good one to remember. All right, how about this one? This one's a little harder because it's not kind of this hard and fast rule. It's a bit more nebulous, Scott, but it is something I'm sure you've heard in the office. Maybe not in these exact words, but in some way, shape, or form. You know what? I spent way too much in my peak earning years. Folks wishing they'd maybe balanced that spending versus saving equation a little bit better. Yeah. And it's a phenomenon called lifestyle creep. Think of this as a ramp as your income increases and going up. People's lifestyle tends to adjust to that. And that happens instead of saving. And I understand there's a balance of having experiences in life and doing the things you want to do, you know, using your financial resources, but it is a balance of do the things you want to do today and put money aside for, to really be able to do the things you want to do later. Because if you think of what are we really trying to do or we're planning for retirement, we're wanting to divert money for long-term security that that money needs to grow into a big enough pile of money 
that can generate cash flow and replace your paycheck. Because at some point your paycheck stops. And unless your job is quote optional, meaning from an income standpoint, there is no retirement. So you've got to be able to think about, hey, yes, I want to do the here and now, but am I putting away enough money that's going to be there for us later in life to do the things that we want to do at that point, those points in our lives? And so, again, in, I would say in today's world, uh, there's a m- much bigger focus on the here and the now, and you quote the experience. I've been lucky enough to be in a career where I have been fortunate enough to work with the, gen- the generations that are some of the best savers in the world. Uh, on the flip side of that, it sometimes makes it hard for them to spend it, but that's why they can do the things they want to do is because they've, they made adjustments and didn't let lifestyle creep in and just take more and more of their paycheck. They put it aside, they put it aside, they put it aside and before they knew it time to retire and they had plenty of money to supply a monthly paycheck. Yeah, I think that's a really good thing to remember. And uh, this is why we're putting together this list. We want you to avoid mistakes. So two down, if we can avoid just even those two, we're already in a way better financial situation. All right. What about folks who maybe have regrets of uh, maybe paying too much tuition for the kids? You know, college is expensive. We want to help. But do you ever have anybody that kind of regrets being so helpful (laughs) for the kids? Yeah, I would say there's a, there's a fair amount of parents that look back at their kids' college education and wish they'd approached the process of choosing schools a little differently. <laughs> Maybe not going, you know, four years out of state. A lot of parents also regret, you know, keeping kids on the payroll for too many years after they left the nest. That's, you know, cell phones, helping with the rent, giving kids credit cards. Mm. I understand you know, wanting to give them a safety net and let them, you know, want not wanting kids to suffer. I totally understand that. I've seen it go be drastic where them paying for education and then continuing to subsidize living after, you know, college, uh, that was detrimental to their parents' plan. And those cause difficult discussions because our job as planners is to make sure our clients get to and through retirement and don't run out of money. And fortunately we don't, that's not a, not a popular thing that happens. Um, but I would say, especially in today's world where we don't know what college really looks like. I mean, my first semester in Poria state was $742 for 12 hours of credits. <laughs> Funny to look back on that now, isn't it? Yeah, 1991, $742. I remember that. And today it's astronomical, you know? So again, it, it's a balance of, we want to help. We also don't want to rob kids of their ambition. Got to strike that delicate balance. And <laughs> it is, it's tough. It can be very tough. And, uh, but I think that's great that you can have those tough conversations with people. I mean, that's part of the planning process. And so needs to be done. So think about that. If you're about to commit to a lot of money for a college education, is there a way that maybe doesn't hamper your retirement preparation and your financial future? At least start asking those tough questions if you're on the front end of that or if you're in the midst of it. Time to maybe think through that just a little bit more deeply. All right, uh, item number four on our list here, Scott, money mistakes that you're going to regret, how to avoid them, is the 
oops, I did it again, uh, kind of. Uh, Britney Spears was in the news recently, so I'm, I'm, yes. I'm kind of hearkening on that a little bit. Uh, oops, I retired a bit too early, and now it's costing me, and this whole conversation of having to go back to work enters the conversation. That's not great. No, not at all. And and getting out of the workforce too early can hurt retirees and really shows up in three different ways. You know, it could be number one, could have a lower level of accumulated savings. You know, because if you're in your peak earning years and you retire at 55, you know, on a whim, another five to 10 years of working, not only would that pay for your living expenses, you'd continue to probably get increases in compensation, but your ability to save would also be there. So again, I understand, you know, I've got clients that retire, you know, in their fifties and sixties, but you know what? They did a lot to prepare for that. <laughs> they, that was part of the plan. Maybe they had, you know, maybe their family members didn't have long life expectancy. Like, you know what? We're going to work, work, work. We're going to save money and we're going to start doing those things. I totally understand that. Uh, but that's the big one. If lower nest egg, if we retire too early in our peak earning years, uh, number two, if you have to start turning the tap on and drawing down your savings earlier, that just just adds years to the consumption of your resources. And if you haven't planned adequately, that's where you can run into the situation where, gosh, I'm using too much of the money. I've got to go back to work. I've got to adjust my lifestyle. Not a great position to be in. And number three, taking Social Security too early. You know, if you, you take it at 62, and some people should, and some people can, but if you take it too early, you know, you're starting with a smaller benefit, and now Social Security is on the hook for a much longer period of time, so you're going to get a lower benefit. But again, it kind of goes back to that. Does it make sense to do that? You know, just like, does it make sense to start Social Security at 62, start withdrawing from your IRA at 62, unless there's some circumstances out there that you know, really are forcing you to do it? You really have to look at your personal situation, your personal balance sheet, your income sources, and make sure that's a good thing to do. It's a good decision, and you're not going to regret and worry about pulling the trigger too early because it could have some of these effects. Good little list of things to consider uh, when we start talking about retiring too soon and making sure that we get that timing correct and that our plan is ready for our mindsets to retire. Uh, Making sure those are aligned is certainly important. Last but not least, Scott, our fifth money mistake that you'll regret if you make it, but here's how you can avoid it. Scott's going to give us the details. Is when you get somebody sitting across from me that says, okay, maybe I should have investigated some more opportunities for Roth IRAs, whether those be conversions or contributing, a lot of solutions there that people don't really learn about until it's too late. Oh, most definitely. And I would say nine out of 10, when I meet someone for the first time or a couple, because we talk a lot about tax planning, almost always, I really wish I would have thought about putting money into tax-free accounts earlier, or I wish I'd had that opportunity. And so a lot of the times people come to us, if they're still working, we're figuring out a plan of, yes, does it make sense to contribute to those accounts, say a Roth 401k, Roth TSP, uh, Roth IRA? Does it make sense to do that as a, as a contribution out of your compensation? A big bulk of our practice is helping people move, once they're retired, moving from tax-deferred to tax-free. So you're making conversions instead of contributions. So contributions is putting it in the top of a Roth example. 
a conversion is pulling it out of a traditional IRA and putting it into a Roth. So you're converting it over and paying the taxes. And I, that's the opportunity we have. You know, right now we've got a clock that's ticking, December 31st, 2025. Uh, tax rates are set to go back to what they were in 2017. If nothing happens, that's what's going to, that's what will transpire. Now they could change it. They could do that. Who knows? But we have this opportunity, 2023, 2024, 2025. You've got three more tax returns to take advantage of the low tax rates to potentially look at moving money from tax deferred, paying taxes at a low known rate, and insulating yourself from future tax increases. My team and I, uh, we spent two days uh, at at a tax planning or viewing a tax planning summit. Uh, it was in Las Vegas, but I decided because I'm fiscally responsible that we would stay here and watch it in my conference room because nothing good happens in Vegas except for me <laughs> meeting my wife. Other than that, nice. I got, I got to stick with that win and not, not risk it. But that whole idea of a Roth, having money in a Roth bucket, Roth IRA, you know, the CPA that was up there, and I'll tell you, this was a riveting two days of CPAs and attorneys. Uh, really good stuff. Yeah, really good stuff. <laughs> but he said, you know, that you can run all these numbers and do all these calculations. He goes, it really comes down to, it's a philosophical discussion and the philosophical choice. Meaning that in your heart, you have to think that, tax rates are going to go up sometime in your lifetime. And if that's the case, then philosophically, if you believe that moving money from tax deferred to tax free makes sense. So also thinking about if 91% of almost every retiree's savings is in a tax deferred account, 91%. So if somebody has a million dollars saved for retirement, 900 and $10,000 is going to be in that tax deferred bucket. So if you think it makes better sense to have more diversification from a tax standpoint, philosophically, it usually makes sense to pay the tax that we know, pay it along the way and get it into a situation where it's insulated from future tax increases. And I know some people say, well, what if they change it? They could, that's with the stroke of a pin. But I think it's more likely that they'll grandfather any monies that have been put into that by contributions or conversions. They're going to grandfather that in and say, hey, you just can't do that anymore. Like that's more likely the outcome. So again, look at your plan. Does it make sense philosophically to put money into place where you pull it out tax-free, your beneficiaries get it tax-free, and it insulates you from the fiscal irresponsibility of the federal government. I think that's great advice and something everybody should be thinking about. Uh, it kind of uh, ends a little bit with kind of what we talked about at the beginning was taxes. It sort of bookended the conversation, I think, a little bit today. We're talking about the withdrawal on the traditional IRA side, and now we're talking about the Roth equation and how you can take best advantage. If you do not have a tax strategy as part of your retirement plan, you're doing it wrong, uh, just to be upfront with you. It's got to be a part of the consideration and a big piece of the puzzle. So if you haven't uh, inquired 
incorporated that yet, give a call to Scott Dugan and the team at Elevated Retirement Group and make it a part of the plan. Uh, Give them a call at 913-393-4724. That's 913-393-4724. Or online at listentoscott.com. Scott's team is based in the Kansas City metro area, but serves clients all across the country with more than two decades of financial planning experience. Don't hesitate to reach out and get a financial plan in place today. Get that complimentary review at your convenience. Uh, Scott, we appreciate the help and guidance on the show today. Nobody wants to live with regrets, and thanks for providing us some strategies for how to avoid them. My pleasure. Yeah, we'll look forward to another great chat with you next time around. Come back and join us on the next edition of Your Retirement Elevated. Thanks for listening. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.